0: Remember Bodie. Bodie is one of them young guys who's true to this. Yeah, he really is. Bodie is true to this. Yeah, he really is. And he's the most creative spitter on the squad. If if you check out Bodie spitting, Mm. Bodie spits out the side of his mouth, out the front of him. Bodie is a spitter. (laughs) Okay, I just want you to check that out. Y'all to the second, actually, it's technically the second episode of our podcast, Vino and Convo, with Fletch and Couch. Um,
1: Sofa, right here, what's happening?
0: (laughs) (laughs) My man, Eric Couch, over there, you know, and I'm Howard Fletcher. And we're talking about all 60 episodes of The Wire in order. And today we're going to go through episode one called The Target. We're doing that over a bottle of wine. Today's wine is from 868 Estate Vineyard, which uh, is in Percival, Virginia. This is the bottle here. We are doing a single varietal today. It's a Cab Franc, uh, uh, 2017 Cab Franc. This is one of my favorite bottles of wine. We'll get into that later on, but this is what we'll be sharing and enjoying.
1: It is damn good, people. It is damn good. Look, the first episode was our formality. We needed to break down the show, things that are going on, what made us come to working together on this, as well as the concept and reasons behind it. And talking about the shows that led up to it has been great. Now, I can really enjoy my glass of wine by getting into the first episode. So, So, Howard, let's get to it, man. The
0: title of the first episode is called The Target. Okay, and when they put on the frame, when they when in the beginning when the credits roll and they frame the, the title of the episode, they come back with a quote from one of the characters in the episode. This episode, which is the very first, is, the quote is, when it's not your turn, and it's said by Detective M- McNulty, who will come to find out who exactly who that is, and when he said it. But I will say right now that he made that comment when Bunk took the call for the decomposed body. Yeah. Okay, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll yeah, get into yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. First, tell me her, uh, your first impressions of this episode.
1: Snot Boogie. It, the, the whole story, how it opens up with Snot Boogie is, 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 is dope. I mean, it's dope. You know, every Friday night, you know, they all sit down and they play crafts together. I McNulty's mean, sitting there with one of the guys who definitely ain't going to snitch neighborhood cat and he's doing it in a way that's kind of, you know, I, I guess he's understanding the code of everything, but he's just trying to get an understanding of what happened. As the guy is telling the story and talking about Snot Boogie, I kind of get this feeling that, okay, is McNulty just trying to lead him on to get information or does he actually care about the bullshit that they go through? You know what I mean? Right. It, it, you kind of get that because he doesn't push him on, you know, testifying and all that. He just gets information. Right, but the, but the story opens up in that first two minutes with him just talking to this guy. He seems to have a little bit of respect from people in the neighborhood.
0: The death of Snot Boogie.
1: death of Snot Boogie. <laughs> That's the, the look. The wire starts off with the death of Snot Boogie. Oh man,
2: I'm saying, and every Friday night, we're in the alley behind the cut ring. We rolling bones, you know. I mean, all the boys from around the way, and we roll till late. Alley crap game, right? Like every time He's snot. he snot, he'd fade a few shooters, play it out to the pots deep, snatch and run. What, every time? Couldn't help himself. Let me understand you. Every Friday night, you and your boys would shoot crap, right? But every Friday night, your pal snot boogie. He'd wait till there was cash on the ground, then you'd grab the money and run away? You let him do that? we catch him and beat his ass, but ain't nobody never go past that. I gotta ask you, if every time Snap Boogie would grab the money and run away, why'd you even let him in the game? What? With Snap Boogie always stole the money. Why'd you let him
0: play? Got This America, man. And they, that sets up what I think is the universal theme not only this episode, but of The Wire, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later with some other things that happen. What do you
1: mean by a universal theme? I'm going to kind of get you. That's what I'm
0: trying to say. Okay. I think the universal theme of this particular episode, and that extends all of The Wire, is that there's a code to this whole thing.
1: Yes. There
0: is. This is. Yes. See, you can from the outside looking in, you can say, "Oh, it's just madness. This just is crazy." But there's a code. If they go into this, and we'll later on, and, and later in the episode. Uh, in episode three, when uh, D'Angelo, when they talk about the chess game. See, it's, it's, everyone has a role to play. And yeah. that's what that guy was saying. This is not Boogie's role. This is what Snot Boogie does. It's America, man. He decided he's going to be the guy who's going to run with the pot every night and get beat down. Yeah. And for some reason, somebody decided. They had enough of that. They had bitch. enough of that role, but he didn't have to do that. So, yeah. anyway, that was, that was, I thought, a very good way to start this. So, what I'm going to do. And what this is gonna the format'll be until we decide it's not working <laughs> is that I'm gonna go through like a little quick synopsis of what happened in the episode and we'll jump in where we need to jump in to talk right, about go that. Go for it. Go but for it. But this this episode, as we said, started out with the death of Snot Boogie because he steals pots out of the crap game. And it it introduced us to Detective McNulty, who becomes a very big player in this series. Right. The first official scene that we get thrown into in this is the trial of D'Angelo Barksdale mm-hmm. for the sh- for a shooting that happened in the towers.
1: In the tower. in the towers, yeah. Okay,
0: now the towers, for those who, you will come to find out, is, it was a territory where they used to sell drugs. There's a pit, which is an uh, uh, area that's a like... A court, courtyard. It's
1: a court, courtyard, a courtyard between, yeah. of
0: apartments, mm-hmm. of like one-level apartments, and then there's towers, which are these high-rises towers, where so they sell drugs. Now, I, w- I want to make a point that I thought was, it reminded me of when I re-watched this. Because I watched Game of Thrones. I was a Game of Thrones fan.
1: Another, another, Pay attention, people, because he's not the only one that says this, so pay another, attention.
0: Another show that I had to be convinced to watch, they don't have what I call expositionary dialogue in The Wire. In other words, D'Angelo Barksdale, well, we'll come to find out, is the nephew of Avon Barksdale, who happens to be the kingpin of the drug organization, uh, a crime organization, in this particular drama. They don't say, D'Angelo Barksdale, how's your uncle doing, who happens to run the biggest drug organization <laughs> in Baltimore? They don't say that. You come to find that out through just the plot unfolding. Right. And it's the same thing that they did in Game of Thrones. So this thing opens up with the, the trial of D'Angelo Barksdale. He's on trial for shooting somebody in front of a security guard in the towers.
1: And also a couple other, it was a couple other witnesses. A couple well. other yeah, witnesses. Yeah. They,
0: bring, they bring on a witness who points him out in the, the courtroom. They say, do you see that guy here? And he points him out and says, yes, that's the man. And that's the motherfucker you. right there. Yeah. Right there. And he calls D'Angelo on, on D'Angelo Barksdale. Then they call on the security guard who talked to the police and let them know that, yeah, this is the guy, was he picked him out of a photo lineup. Well, they have one witness, the guy, he points him out, and he points out to
1: that guy. The janitor.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's that's, the guy right there, D'Angelo Barksdale. Mm -hmm. And they call in another witness, who is a security guard, who's right there. Now, it's very important, as far as the code goes, because we're gonna get to this now. Woo! He shot this guy in front of a security guard at the towers, which is their territory. Yeah. All right. This is like a major violation. He's in deep trouble. He's on a murder trial. That's deep trouble.
1: For He's on deep trouble for also with the cops, but also with right. with his peeps.
0: Right, because no one wants that type of you don't even want to get into a fight at the dope spot. You see what I mean? I mean you don't want any extra activity happening other than the crimes that are being committed. At the dope spot, Mm -hmm. this guy commits a murder there. And not only that, he happens to be uh, the nephew of the kingpin, who is right now a ghost. No one even knows he exists. You promise to
2: tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? I do. Ma'am, can you state your name, please? Nikisha Lyles. And are you employed? Yes, I am. And what is your occupation, Miss Lyles? I'm a security guard. And were you employed as a security guard on May 4th, the day of the shooting? Uh-huh. And what were your duties on that date? I was in the booth of 221. And is that the guard booth in the lobby of the Fremont Avenue high-rise? Uh yes. And you're behind bulletproof glass with a, a clear view of the lobby. Uh yeah. Good. Now, Ms. Lyles, I know this may be difficult for you, but can you tell us what you saw? Um, A man, you know, he was waiting for the elevator and when another man just starts beating on him and like the one man He got knocked down and the victim got knocked down. No the man with the gun the man who was knocked down had a gun and Do you see that man in the courtroom today? Nope Excuse me?
0: He ain't here. This up, the, last episode, the courtroom is filled with people from the Barksdale organization, including Stringer Bell, who is the the, the, the second in command of the Barksdale organization, and she knows that she better not wait hey out. T-
1: tell, tell the ladies who Stringer's played by. Stringer Bell
0: is played by this ugly dude named Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> so, so, Pretty motherfucker. <laughs> so, so
0: this was Idris Elba uh, who plays that. So that's another reason for all you women who are wavering on watching The Wire, you should watch it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about okay. the, the scene in the courtroom. You mentioned that the janitor, he, he testifies and he points out D'Angelo Bart's death. Okay, but yeah then you get Minti. he walks into the courtroom after that, right sits down and and the, the guy you're talking about Idris's his character Stringer he just holds up his sign and says, "Fuck you detective, right You know what I mean? Right. However, once the security guard comes in who works at the tower and they state that she's behind the bulletproof glass, she recasts her, she changes everything up right right then McNulty looks at him and he tells him, he walks out and tells him, well played. Right. Because the case is blown the shit right there. Right. The thing that kept bucking me out, though, is that how do they expect any of these cases to ever get to the point of a conviction if you're going to have regular people just going up to testify knowing that they're subject to witness intimidation? Excellent question, my man.
0: And and that's the thing about The Wire. See, if I... No, seriously. If I had written this thing... Now, well, I might be a bad example. Because I have seen that kind of stuff. But if somebody who was a writer in California had written this, that might have been good for dramatic effect. But always, people, when you watch this show, I want you to keep in the back of your mind this show was created and supervised by a journalist on the crime beat and, and a, a cop. Baltimore cop. So so this is not fantasy.
1: Well, add to that, add to that they they were both upset about the bureaucracy. Right. Of, of, they're very frustrated. They're frustrated about right. why they can't do their jobs properly.
0: frustrated, right? but... These guys, and I met David Simon because he's a
1: he's a uh, he's an
0: alumni of my journalism school, the University of Maryland, the Merrill College of Journalism. That's we, won't, we won't hold that. I will hold that to <laughs> you. Man. Okay. Yeah. That's my man. <laughs> and uh, and listen, those guys are not going to put their credibility on the line about writing about this stuff. Everything you see in the wire, you can take to the bank. I'm telling you. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that the police all too often. Rely on witness testimony to get convictions. And if the people aren't willing to testify against the person who's who committed
1: the crime. Why, why, why would they want to testify? Because, What's in it for them? Because like right. is it like like look look, they gotta live there. Right, absolutely. You know, they gotta live there. Not only that, well, how are you gonna protect them? How are you gonna how are you gonna protect this witness right. from from being the next one dead?
0: That's the problem. That's the problem. That Barksdale
2: kid, he's a cousin to Avon Barksdale. Uh, who? Avon Barksdale, Stringer Bell. Crew that's been running Franklin Terrace for a year. Stringer Bell. Yeah, that was him in court with the legal pad and the glasses, scaring the living shit out of every witness. Him and the rest of his crew, WeeBay, Savino, stinkin I saw him.
0: Yeah. So she recants her testimony mm. and the jury goes in to deliberate. And they find him not guilty. D'Angelo Barksdale walks. The crowd erupts, much like in the O.J. trial. <laughs> and, 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 D'Angelo, and D'Angelo Barksdale walks scot-free.
1: Okay? O.J. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Basically, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, we
0: mentioned this guy McNulty. McNulty is a detective who was sitting in the courtroom watching his trial. Now, the judge is an old prosecutor, Baltimore prosecutor, knows McNulty from his days, because, you know, prosecutors and police officers, especially detectives, they interact a lot. He has been promoted to judge. He's become a judge. And so he knows McNulty. He calls McNulty back into his chambers because he wants to know, why are you sitting in this courtroom Mm. watching this case that you have nothing to do with? Mm. Because he was not the arresting officer. Right. You know, that was the thing. Now McNulty, who is considers he thinks he's a friend of this judge. Mm-hmm. He tells him, well, I'm sitting on this case because this guy who's on trial is the nephew of this guy named Avon Barksdale. Barksdale,
1: he breaks that down for him. And
0: Barksdale is running a crew that's been running the west side of Baltimore. They run the towers and what's called the
1: pit, and they've been getting away with murder for years. He, what he said, he told them it, like, it was like, this is like 12th murder. Right. And, and, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and... and and then, but what he tells him, he said, who's Avon Barksdale? I don't even know who this cat is. Right. Yeah, I don't even know who he is.
2: Barksdale has five out of seven towers on the terrace. That's 10 stairwells and five high-rises going 24-7 for dope and coke. And that's just the towers. The low-rises, the avenue corners, they're all his, too. How do you know this? Everybody knows it. Define everybody. By everybody on the west side.
1: So many things are being overlooked.
0: And that's what he's talking to the judge about. He wants, he's telling him, that's why I'm there. Now he didn't go seek
1: out the judge. Yeah. Judge called him back in the chambers and he told him. Hold on, stop gonna, right there, Howard. You know what? I I I I don't think we realize I think he did seek out the judge. I think he went in there to sit down to watch that case because he understood what was going on. He wanted to see if it went through. And like you said, what did the judge say to him? Why are you interested I, in this? I,
0: I agree with you that mm-hmm. McNulty mm-hmm. is an arrogant and McNulty. Wants to shake things up. I agree with you there. <laughs> mm-hmm. However, if you remember, he was walking out, and one of the pages came and got him and said, the judge wants to speak to you. Right, right, okay. right. Now, he might have known that was going to happen. I think he
1: knew it was going to happen. Okay, I to I me mean, okay. a type of cat who's very observant, okay. and he has a lot of humility. Okay. You know, one one thing would he's like, I don't know it all, but if you know some shit more than me, I'm going to pay attention to you. We're going we're gonna to talk about the lady okay, episode. Okay, I'm
0: about to say, okay. I, I don't agree with you. I think we don't see lots of things. he's the smartest cat in the room.
1: But he, he, he
0: however, whether he premeditated it, either they planned it or he didn't, he ended up in the judges' chambers, and he did let them know about Avon Clarkson. Okay, if
1: we go further, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this one thing, though, because okay. you said it earlier with, with him, is that he, he looked at Buck, and he looked at how he was able to break that information down. And what did he say to him? He said he was impressed. Mm-hmm. He's impressed. I think that McNulty may think he's the smartest person in the room all the time. However, he is quick to acknowledge something that he wasn't aware of. So that's how I look at McNulty. Okay. Yeah, From, okay. At this point, right yeah, okay, now. Okay.
0: Okay. I, I would not. Okay. You described it as humility. I don't think he's humble, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't. But, but a smart person. Cause and, and, and you can relate to this because we debate or, or, or witness each other's debates about politics on Facebook. Right, I right, mean, yeah, we do. You right. know, look, if somebody is confronts you with something that's an irrefutable fact, the smart man says,
1: okay. That's what we do. That's what, that's what the smart that, man yeah, that's, says. That, and you know what? And the knucklehead... I can't argue with that. I can't argue the with the that. The knucklehead
0: pushes back on that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he's not a knucklehead.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're but, right. That, damn, that was that was profound, Howard. That's right, a good point. Right, right. That's a good point because he yeah. he is an arrogant mofo. Yeah, but he will admit with some shit because he wants to. He wants to win. Right. right. He wants to win. So right. yeah, okay. I, right.
0: Damn, well, that's good. I, well, I agree with you okay. on that. Yeah.
1: So the judge,
0: after this conversation with McNulty, mm-hmm. he takes this operation. This he takes this information to the deputy of operations. Okay, who's the deputy commissioner of the police department.
1: And that's our dude that's uh, from Coming to America. No. That's not... No, he's no, not no that's he's the other gosh. guy. That's, that's his boss. That's his boss. That's his
0: boss. He then exerts pressure on major roles of homicide. Who's yes. McNulty's boss. Yeah. And he tells him, who's this Avon Barksdale dude? Who's this judge? Just came told me is, like, responsible
1: for double-digit murders,
0: and he hasn't been brought in.
1: Yeah. Okay? And that becomes his sole focus at that point.
0: Okay, and that was... And so that's set up. Mm That's set up. That Mm -hmm. McNulty has blown the whistle on the fact that no one knows this guy, Avon Barksdale, who runs the West Side, who's responsible for all the havoc that's going on over there. Mm -hmm. And now... Everybody from the commissioner's office down mm-hmm. knows this happened.
1: Okay, Howard, you got to admit, though, that you just basically, where you broke that down, you just verified that I Minolte mean, knew exactly what he was doing by going in that courtroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you break that, because look at, look at what he's been trying to get done. As this particular episode goes on, he's trying to get action on Avon Barksdale. Even the, um, I believe it was the prosecutor or the uh, cop that actually arrested him Talking about that he had two witnesses, two state witnesses and all that. Yeah. He's trying to let them know, hey, look, we're not gonna be able to get this done because we're not we're not attacking the true source of the problem.
0: Okay, no look, look, I I will agree with you that I wouldn't put that past McNulty. So, okay. so I'm just telling you, I'm not saying that I know that for a fact, but I'm not gonna say that he didn't plan that In and, and my
1: team McNulty right now, obviously, somewhat. I'm just, somewhat. Obviously. I'm not going to... Right, right. I'm just... I McNulty mean, just impresses me, okay? No, he impresses
0: me. He's, you know, yeah, he's a okay. smart dude. He is yeah. smart. Right. He is smart. So that might have been his political play. Cause, mm-hmm. Because I will give you this. The fact that he sat in on a trial that he had nothing to do with was obviously out of the ordinary. Yeah, yeah. Because... It caused so much attention. I mean, it was like, I guess nobody does that.
1: Right, right, right. You know, no,
0: I guess nobody does
1: that. Let me
2: understand something. You were having the deputy bust my balls over a prior year case. Is this what I need from you, you insubordinate little fuck? Major, look, I'm really sorry. Phelan, he and I, we, we go back a little, you know? He wanted to know, what I know about the crew in his court. I didn't mean to cross you. I had to go upstairs knowing nothing and explain to the deputy why he's getting calls about murders that don't mean a shit to anybody. Look, sir, this judge, he fucks me up. He asked me a question, I answer it. I didn't know he was going to call anybody. You have my attention, detective.
0: My complete undivided attention. Okay. meanwhile, right, D'Angelo who just was acquitted, uh, has no clue how much he messed up. None. Mm-mm. None. In fact, he gets off, and he goes into the strip club with where Avon and Stringer are hanging out, and he's like clueless about... How much he's like bragging about? Oh, y'all worked that sweet. I got off like a mom. And know? they had
1: to break down to you. Know how much you fucked us up on yeah. this? Yeah. You 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 did some shit that was that we don't do in the tower. What we work, yeah. we 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 handle that offsite. Right. Right. They're trying to break that down to him. He's trying to get him right. to understand right. that. And the only reason that he's even still alive and in play is because he's his Avon Barksdale. Nephew,
0: I, I think now is a good time for me to say, look, D'Angelo Barksdale, in my opinion, is one of the most complex characters in The Wire because there are times when he seems wise, especially when he's dealing with those young boys in the pit.
1: He's a, he's a good mentor. He's a good mentor. He's, he's, a good, very, wise. Yeah, he's very wise.
0: But there are some things about the game that that dude doesn't understand
1: at all. Or is it emotions that it, it take over? I mean, because... I don't... I, I don't understand that because right, when he's talking to the kids, young bucks, you're like, he makes sense. He has knowledge. He understands what needs to be done and why you shouldn't do certain things. But then again, let's go back to your previous actions. Why did you do that dumbass murder in the tower? Look, Avon, when he sits down with Avon at that strip club,
0: Avon tells him in so many words... Don't you know who
2: you are? You must feel good. You know how that go. Say what? Saying, you know, jail ain't no joke. I don't know shit about jail. I don't plan on knowing shit about jail, you feel me? You want to talk about jail, though, you can go sit down next to Marcel. He just got home. True, you right. Sit
1: your ass down. It's kind of like he has a narrow perspective on action. When he, it gets to a point where he feels he needs to do something, right? He, he he disregards an understanding a protocol, right, right, right. That, 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 that's needed in the game, right. It's like it's like you understand the code, but you dismiss the code.
0: I understand. That's why I say he's complex, dude. He's complex. There are some scenes coming on later. One of them is in next episode. The other mm. one's in episode three, mm-hmm. where he's talking with his young guys. He seems like he's freaking the Aristotle. Like, brain. he's a genius.
1: Like yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah He's yeah. breaking it down yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're sitting there like, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but, you, but your dumb ass <laughs> did a stupid ass murder yeah. in the tower where yeah. you guys work when you yeah. know you're not supposed to be doing that. Yeah,
0: and he doesn't understand that. So this is the first time that Avon really sees at least as far as, as the audience is concerned, that his nephew, this dude is not built for the game. He's not built for it.
1: Mm-hmm. He,
0: but he's cool because it's all about the family. You know, it's
1: family. Right, 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 right. Okay? Right, right.
0: All right, so the next day, when there's job, on the job, mm-hmm. ugly ass Idris Elba <laughs> as Stringer, PMF, demote,
1: demotes D'Angelo to the pit. Now, no, oh, let's stop right there. Let's stop right You know what? The funniest scene from that. When he walks in, when D'Angelo comes into the pit and you see a young Michael B. Jordan yep. and his homeboy, they like, yo, dude, what you down here for? You you mess up on the count? They knew immediately it was a demotion. Yeah, They're okay. like, why are you here? Oh, yeah. You barking, why are you here? You know what I mean? Look, <laughs>
0: look if you didn't know anything
1: about the hierarchy,
0: if you knew nothing about it, but you found yourself sitting on that orange sofa. Uh, yeah. You have to in the, know
1: in the pit. Yeah. You have
0: to know. Yeah. This is, like... this is the mailroom. You have to know. That.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just. Hey, not but like you know that. what? Not only you have to know, but it the fact that that those young bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah They different. identified it immediately. Yeah, yeah, they different. said yeah. the, the the statement he said. Yeah. Did you mess up on the count? Yeah. You did something. To F up big time yeah. to be down here. Yeah. So I think that's when, for me, that that's when I started kind of getting a little feel of what was going on in terms of the levels. Yeah. First of all, for them to recognize that the pit was a demotion when the cat was in the tower beforehand mm-hmm. said a lot. The second thing, the fact that they still recognize who he was. Right. I mean, it wasn't just the fact that you're getting... Put back in the pit and you're in the tower, but the fact that you are the nephew. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So,
1: and for for watching the first season, I think this is where you actually begin to get a feeling of where where the focus of the show is. String up. Oh, you here early? Yeah, I'm on my game today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you put out testers? Uh huh. Day. New deal today. You're going out on point picking up business in the pit. What? You the man in the low rises. The low rises?
2: You got Ronnie Moe in the pit.
1: Ronnie Moe got 851 this
2: morning. (laughs) How you going to put me in the low rises when I had a tower
0: since summer? Yeah, you had a tower. You might have a tower
1: again if you can keep your mind to shit. This is fucked up. You show us you can run the pit, and you'll be back uptown soon enough my uncle know about this what'd you think <laughs> hey yo Bay. yo your little cousin here ride down the way
0: so meanwhile b- back with the police
1: mm-hmm.
0: now they got the heat on them they know that they have to do something about this avon barksdale thing so the narcotics division.
1: Do you really think the heat's on right now? I don't really think the heat I think the heat is semi on. I think it's starting to smolder I think well,
0: it's Well I mean sm- you, since you've gone ahead in this in the story, you know that it's it's heavy. But understand this. Now understand where they are. Okay. Narcotics hmm. resist just a street rips.
1: Right, right. Hurricane
0: and right. Carver, who are who are for people who are haven't watched the show and hopefully you watch it now, mm-hmm. they're just lower level detectives. They're, they're, actually, they're clothes officers. Plain clothes officers, They, they, yeah. they, they, they go out and, and bust drug dealers. Yeah. As far as we know, from when we're coming into the story, that's what they're doing.
1: The whole time, yeah. The whole I time. They're just
0: doing street rips. What they call street rips. They're and they just, got, and they got
1: re- mad respect for the system. Yeah,
0: they're just they're mad, yeah. And, and, and Kima is doing that and all mm-hmm. that. So, that's all they're doing. Meanwhile, homicide, bunk. First thing, homicide, bunk and McNulty when they're not getting drunk.
1: Like, drunk. I don't no, mean, no, I no, don't no. Well, we got to find a new word for where they drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, we might be getting a little drunk. What they do is hardcore drinking. Right, right. right, I mean, right, right. When they're yeah. not drinking, they're doing homicides
0: like that decomp guy that bunk goes to see. Mm-hmm. That are just like, damn! I hope this is a
1: natural causes thing. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't want
0: to have to have to really do some investigation.
1: That's all they're doing right now. You know, that's something that you know. You, I'm glad you brought that up right now. The way they talk about paperwork. I, I, I'm kind of like thinking, in my opinion, they need to have people doing paperwork for police officers. And the only reason, the only reason I'm kind of, kind of saying this is because, damn. They they're all working on just trying to figure out how to submit paperwork. Yeah, okay. you know, it's like, look, this isn't my thing. Right. My thing is going out there to get get it done. Right. You know, and you see, you hear the cops talk about it continuously. Right. I'm not going to do this because you know I don't do the paperwork. Right. We understand the paperwork is needed so you can you know so so that everything is done properly so that the the rule of law is in place. However. You have this just this resistance to doing it because they feel like it takes them away from actually getting other stuff done.
0: Yeah, but what what are they trying to get done? All they're doing, from what I can see, is getting stuff done, is street rips and interrogations and going to court. That's it. They don't really want to get all involved in, in this, the paperwork, in this whole what, thing. Well,
1: what, what think about If I'm a cop, look, what, what did this in another episode, but. They basically talk about what are your expectations of this right, job?
0: Right, right.
1: You know, right, what are right. your expectations of this job? Like I, I'm telling you this. When I watch the court scene with D'Angelo in there, the whole time I'm thinking is this. This whole system is jacked up because the 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 witnesses are not safe at all. Right. How can you do any type of improvement in your neighborhood? If there's so many loopholes that allow for people to be in jeopardy. Right. That's that's what I look at. Right. So how can you even begin to have a fight on the war on drugs if you want to actually save the people there, but yet you're not even protecting them in those particular situations? That's true. Okay. Well yeah. well and, sure. and I think Minolti it goes back to me again. I once again I'm just Minolte, in my opinion, he looks at everything as being Either A or B. It's not too difficult. He's like, you're either trying to help them or you're not trying to help them. And the one thing that you know is that Minolte does throughout the entire series, and even in the first episode, he listens to people. He doesn't judge. He listens. Yeah. Even though, even though he may feel it needs to be done in a particular way, he wants to make sure he has information that makes sense before he makes the next move. Yeah.
0: No, that's true. No, he, no he's, he's a good detective. He's a good detective, so that's this. Is when the first, this is when they first start talking about narcotics and homicide. They're going to have to get together on this because while the Barksdale organization sells drugs, the story the judge got was that they're responsible for these bodies. Exactly. So they're going to have to exactly they're going to have to work together with these two organizations. That's that was that's the gist of what's going on. Okay, and,
1: and that right there is you see that is going to be a problem from the beginning. Right. Just, okay. just on the conversations alone, and just talking about it, because right. all of this immediately starts right. right after D'Angelo gets off. Right, it right. is like, okay, right. how do you know this? What are you talking about? What's going on? Right. How should we approach it? Right, and then they're like, okay, and but th- but one thing that was in agreement with everybody is that they needed to form a task force, right, to focus right. on that, right.
0: And again, you you mentioned it last episode. We were talking about. How things would run better, maybe, if these things work together.
1: Right, 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 right. These
0: people don't naturally deal with each other unless heat pressure is being applied. That's my point. There's yeah. pressure being applied because neither. A- Look, not only do these people not want to fool with each other,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the DAs have want nothing to do with this. Nothing. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> so, they're, they're,
1: so it's like, so it's like all three of them. Had, you know, the DAs come at you like, yo, you know, your case better be. Freaking solid. I ain't trying to deal with no BS. I'm not trying to deal with any surprises.
0: Right, Right. and and what's what's, what's hanging all over this is this. They're like, we're after this phantom. They work in Baltimore, dude. They work in Baltimore. They're like, you know how many cases they have? And what, you're telling me that this guy we've never heard of Mm -hmm. ever is...
1: Behind the whole thing, and he said, "We deal with 257 cases yeah, a year. Yeah, yeah, we deal like... with 257 cases a year. Right, and right. you're bringing us somebody I never heard of. Right, you're trying to tell me. And you saying that he's that, yeah, that he's controlling all of this right. on the west side of Baltimore. Right, right. They're like, you know, right, this, right. it's crazy. So anyway, that's yeah, what,
0: that's yeah, who we are. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, <laughs> Bodie, we're down at the pit again. Bubs and his white boy partner pull off the. Fake ten dollar bill scam.
1: Woo, dude!
0: Okay, uh, okay. Now Bodie, now it gets Mm-mm. busted. It gets busted. Mm-mm. Okay, and Bodie, this, this is the first time they do it. This is when Bubs does it. Bubs gets, gets away with it. Bubs gets away because he, he knows how to do it. Bubz gets away Bubz,
1: with it. Bubs, knows how to Bubz leverage everything else. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Wallace, Michael B. Jordan, turns in his money, fake money. Should count. Not for seven. You want to count it? I mean, I don't know how y'all do shit up in the towers, but down here you want to count it. Oh, shit. Hey, yo, yo, ho, ho, ho.
2: Y'all niggas been burnt. Huh? Huh? That's what you got to
0: say? Huh? This look like money, motherfucker? Money be green. Money feel like money. That shit look green to you? Got a dead fucking president on it. Man, I don't give a fuck about the president. That shit ain't money. He ain't no president. What you mean? Hamilton? He ain't no president. Niggas, you crazy? Ain't no ugly ass white man get his face on no legal motherfucking Tinder, Sepi president.
2: If this shit happen again, you off the money. You hear me? You ain't even going to be serving no more. You yes, asked me out on the bottom end of Vine Street, sucking on a 40 yelling 5 0. You hear me?
0: Get the fuck out of here. That
1: it? Huh? Remember Bodie.
0: Bodie is one of them young guys who's true to this. Yeah, he really like, is. That's the first time Bodie's like, what? That's it? Mm. Okay. Meanwhile, Johnny, who is Bub's friend, White dude says, let me run the scam this time.
1: Mm-hmm. So, he goes down there with his fake dude, tan. I, I can't, look, man, I'm tripping off of this. It's like he says later, he said, homeboy has no luck. This dude just just fucks up the the, the, the whole scam from the get-go.
0: Yeah, he does, he does. He mm. doesn't know. This was one of the truer scenes that I, could, I that I've seen because there are addicts, crackheads, or heroin acts, whatever. Who know game, and then there are those who think it's a game. Johnny thinks it's a game. Bubs knows it's not a game. Yeah, it's the game.
1: Yeah, he understands. Okay, he understands. He understands what you have to do. He
0: understands that this ain't no joke. So Johnny goes, drops the fake money. Bodie picks, figures it out. He says this is fake money. Chase him down. He gets the beat down. All right. He gets serious beat down. D'Angelo shows up. Now, on the face of it, I'm gonna tell you, especially on the rewatch,
1: I thought D'Angelo handled it like a G. That goes back to what we That's talked what about I'm earlier. That's saying, the paradox of it. It's, it's like, like how he's complex. How he's so complex. It's like you could be a, you could do shit that makes us think you're a fucking smart ass cat, and you have a total control of it. Right. But why would you do those dumb mistakes like you? I don't understand. I
0: understand. See, to me. He's not like a, he's not like an over the top, testosterone leader. Mm-hmm. He's a cool leader. I mean, if he was a cool leader, mm-hmm. it would have been like a Michael Corleone move. Like, yeah, I'll take this ten dollars. I'll see you later. Bye. Right. I'm here right. with these guys, and they beat him down. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was interpreted that this dude couldn't give the beat down order. I think that's how it was interpreted,
1: but. I, I look at it this way I look at when he walked away when he didn't the order I looked at it as if that, that's what they expected to do I think they were looking at it. since he walked away he's saying to us now go ahead and beat his ass okay I think that's, that's I mean that, what, that's you, what, what you're happens. saying yeah that's
0: what happened that's what and, and, that's happened but see I, the reason I only say that is because they don't seem to give him that universal real respect
1: Preston and Wallace are two different sides of the coin okay with with uh Preston, you got a guy that's hardcore that that's all about progression. He gets mad quickly, but then you have Wallace who when Preston gets mad, he wants to know okay, why are you upset? He's always trying to understand why what's the effect in in terms of this? Poot is just like just following their lead. Yeah, he don't give, he he don't damn. give a damn. Yeah. So you, you have three different characters there that are listening to D'Angelo that are influenced by his his actions. So for me, just whenever they have the, the, the dialogue in the pit, you really get a lot in terms of oh, what of, of what is going that's on. That's some of the best writing in the show. That's one of the best writing it's in the show. It's such good writing because... It's real in terms of going back to the part about the characters being three dimensional. Right. right, that's how the they take in information. Right, and some of the How they the process information. How it leads to their future actions. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, the pit's some of the best writing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, yeah. They
0: cut back to the police station where McNulty, again, wants to show he's the smartest man in the room. He gets busted down by Daniels. Daniels tells him that, look, you know, you got to be, you know, uh, a team player. I'm trying to do this thing. And you know, all I know is that you keep going back to that—that that you you went to this judge, and mm. so I don't respect you because Stephen McNulty and uh, Daniels meet because they were talking about this task force.
1: Right, right. And, and
0: and and Daniels tells him, look, dude, I don't respect you because, in police terms, you're a snitch, as far mm. as he's concerned.
2: over mm-hmm. top, Some of these low-level people will roll a few, no problem. You're not gonna get Avon Barksdale or Stringer Bell or anyone else above the street. Not on street rips. You don't know that these guys are good. They're deep. They're organized. They got everyone in the terraces running scared. What do you suggest? Surveillance teams, Dnrs, asset investigation. Keep gathering string till we can find a way in. Are you the wired Ci or a Title Three? That's what makes this case. Is that what you told the judge? Okay, so I'm an asshole for that. But I'm right about this much. No mics and no wires. We do this fast and clean and simple. Then you don't do it at all. What the... F- Seems to me you all could have had this fight between yourselves before
1: calling in the state. How did that come off to you, man? What? How it, with that whole interaction right there with Nolte talking, talking to him about that whole thing? Well, Daniels is a dude who is...
0: He's down to be dirty, but he's true blue police. He's true blue police. And when you become the judge, that ain't police. Mm. See... That's where he's coming from. He's like trying to tell McDoltsy the whole time, dude, look, I'm about to be major. I didn't get in this position by being stupid or not knowing what's happening. But if you think you're going to like outsmart me, Daniels, the black guy in the Baltimore Police Department who's in the position to be major...
1: You got nothing coming, dude. Yeah. You, D- Daniels bro. confuses me because you, you're looking at him as being... It's, it's, like, it's, like, he, it's like, okay, if I got to play politics with a cat to get what I need to get done, I'll do it. But are you also willing to sacrifice doing dirty shit, like ignoring what the people in your command are doing that could be illegal and could be problematic you, Daniels
0: is in my assessment. Daniels is like,
1: if I can
0: trust you, I am. hmm But if you don't demonstrate that you on the team, I have no I have no use for you. He
1: needs that loyalty.
0: I have no use for you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have no use for you. You got to come to me. You always tell him, McNulty, mm-hmm. you got to come to me. Mm-hmm. Now McNulty thinks that he's like because of the way he carries it, because Daniels carries it well, he thinks he's like squeaky clean. And Daniels keeps trying to tell. Well, Daniels, in so many words, is telling him, "Dude, if you really understood what it took for me to get where I am, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be questioning me in that way. You'd be talking to me. But since you want to be a stupid motherfucker, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you go ahead, and go and, and do what you want to do. But but if you didn't, if you understood." what who i am
1: then you talk I, I i really feel that daniels and mcnulty needed to have a drink i, I really felt they maybe needed, yeah they probably did they, they, I, I felt that they, they needed, probably did but because
0: but, but, but mcnulty jumps out the way he is
1: mm-hmm.
0: daniels is such that i can't have a drink with you right now
1: mm-hmm. you too dirty you see mm-hmm. what i mean yeah 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 i can't even get in the car with you well uh, i think i think he said like look you're the way that you're thinking it's not going to work with the way I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Daniels is smart. Daniels Daniels is smart. Daniels is like, if you wanted to talk to that judge, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have done it in his chambers.
1: Right, right, right.
0: But since you're stupid enough to do that, I can't trust you. Yeah, yeah, because at
1: that, that, <laughs> that particular point, it's like the way that you brought all this shit yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you brought all this on. Yeah, I can't. I, 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 how, how are we going to be able to work together?
0: I can't work together. And, yeah. And, and until you demonstrate.
1: That's, that's, that's good, Howard. That's so right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's,
0: yeah, that's good. Because I
1: can't I, I agree with you on that because yeah. I was thinking the same damn thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: he can't go. You'll find that. It, damn, you
1: know, that's dope. That's what he is. Damn, that's dope.
0: I'm so, with that. So, all right. Now, they're back in the strip club. D'Angelo, sitting where? Sit first thing. This is just this is just the way it is. <laughs> if you are trying to go anywhere mm-hmm. in the game, what the hell are you doing sitting right
1: next to the stripper pole? If you're really a player, Dude. he's sitting up there. He's sitting yeah, up there. Look, 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 we common folks. <laughs> yeah. We got we got to sit the stripper pole, yeah. but when you got bank, they bring them to you to a certain he's room. Sitting,
0: he's sitting up there, and Stringer is talking to him, and Stringer. And I will say this about Ed Elba. Now, mm-hmm. first thing, when I watched, I, I, I went probably through the whole first season of The Wire not knowing that this guy was British. That blew, I saw an interview of him, and I like...
1: And when he spoke, I, you were like, what yeah, the... You were like, what the... It blew my yeah, 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 mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then
0: when I saw an interview of McNulty, it blew my mind, too. Yeah. Yeah, both these guys are British. Stringer's looking at, at uh, D'Angelo, and D'Angelo is complaining about them beating the white boy down yeah. at the pit.
1: Yeah.
0: And Stringer is looking at him like, I can't believe the words that are coming out of your mouth right now. <laughs>
1: what? And you're in the pit because His whole his whole his whole statement on that was basically, motherfucker, you're not focused. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, not I, I, focused. I what do you think? Get yeah. away from me. So, yeah, so, so. Yeah. I mean, that was his whole yeah. this whole thing like, yo, man, you your your whole your whole your whole narrative yeah. and perspective on this is a conflict. Yeah. That's, basically, that's what he was basically telling. Look, you got to buy us up.
0: Yeah, yeah. You got, so so mm-hmm. Stringer basically walks away from him, and immediately, I love about this show, mm-hmm. immediately afterward, a stripper who has figured out that this dude is a mark walks up to him and says, Buy me a drink. It was like perfect.
1: It was like perfect. Let me ask you a question. This is, is why I look at. My <laughs> wife and I were talking about this too. When you look at, look at Stringer in terms of his character, what, what's, what's, what's so funny about this is that he's the number two guy. Right. He's the number two guy. Right. Wood Harris, Avon Barksdale, right. is the number one guy. Right. So it, it, it makes you have to respect Avon more that this number two guy who seems to be so in control, so understanding of everything mm. that's going on, right. that, that if he's willing to be the number two guy to this other guy, this kid has to be ten times smarter. Well, Avon just,
0: is Avon is smarter. I I think it's going to be shown if I if my memory serves that Avon Avon sort of got bored into this. Mm-hmm. You know, he he did have a leg up on Stringer just on in the game. I think yeah, he had some, some like when work. they go, to the, like they when go fam- to the like when
1: they go to like when they go to the uh, um to the nursing home. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. he had some
0: family that was in the game also. Mm-hmm. But Stringer also, I mean, he. Uh, You'll see, Stringer has some faults as well. But yeah, Stringer, yeah, yeah, he Stringer. has some faults, yeah. But uh, you're right. I mean, a- Avon, Stringer is out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Stringer talked to the detective, remember? He's an yeah. FU detective. You know, he's like mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. Avon would never have done that.
1: That's right. But Avon wouldn't even have been in the, in the court building, I mean, let alone the Avon court. tries to re- maintain a low profile. Right, right. Very much so. He right. understands that aspect of it. Right. And, and you see that along. I just find it that that if you look at the way Stringer is, how he's so understanding of what's going on, how he's understanding how to predict the next move. Right. No, Stringer if knows the game. He yeah, knows he, if you he, look at that alone, that should give you an understanding of how Avon is on, on his shit. No, Stringer, on.
0: Stringer's, on, Stringer's on top of things. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I think for the viewer that's watching this show... Who is not familiar with anything about this lifestyle, mm. anything about that, that they will probably admire Stringer Bell more than anyone else. Into probably season two or three.
1: I because, agree. Because I agree.
0: because they it, it seems it looks like Stringer is more is smarter than Avon, but Avon is the smartest.
1: Yeah, you think you would think that, but the yeah. whole whole thing whole time with me is that every time I hear stringer speak i'm like avon must be a smart motherfucker yeah oh yeah oh no because i don't see how stringer would still be working for him right if that wasn't the case right
0: so um the next scene we find out that Kima is a lesbian who lives with her partner at her house
1: very nice house too Yeah. yeah yeah it's very nice
0: um the next scene we have mcnulty getting drunk with bunk again by the train tracks Getting, and, real getting, getting real drunk. Getting real drunk. And McNulty says, I'm going to do this case. I'm going to do it right. He, this is kind of like the declaration of McNulty saying, I'm getting Avon Barksdale. I'm going to do what it takes to get Avon Barksdale. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we have the scene in the hospital with uh, uh, Johnny, the, the white dude the, who's all like in intensive care because mm. they beat his ass down. Bubs is there? And you find out that Bubs is chemo Snitch from mm. back in the day. Yeah. You didn't know that before. Hey, Bubs.
2: <clears throat> Are you still locked up? Nope. How long have you been home?
1: In three months.
2: <laughs> don't write, don't fall. Who's he?
1: Fred. he gonna make it? You still working drugs?
2: Downtown, yeah. Some point.
1: And she quickly brought him on when she saw him, though. Right, oh yeah. And he, oh, yeah. Didn't, he didn't hesitate. He was like... Oh yeah, yeah. They,
0: they, they, they reunite on mm-hmm. that tip. In the last scene, you see that the guy in the courtroom who testified against... Uh, uh, that's right, D'Angelo Barksdale is found dead mm. with a gunshot wound to the head outside of an apartment building. And... Um, you know that this is the multi
1: says something about that that was that was very profound that he, 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 when he said that hey look the one guy who did snitch, it sends a big message right. It's just killing him it sends a big message right. hey look don't do that we're absolutely. gonna get you yeah absolutely. the one person that did say something that right there and they killed him right there at the tower people can see it that 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 makes their job much harder
0: absolutely Okay, so that's what happened in this episode. Like I said, the theme in this episode, I believe, is that the code, there's a code with this thing. Yeah. There's a code, there's a code, there's a chain of command. Mm-hmm. And that was emphasized
1: with the Snot Boogie uh, story. Snot they- Boogie, look, people, let me tell you something. Let me go back to Snot Boogie. That whole story with Snot Boogie really defines about how the game, I guess, from the perspective of, uh, of the writers, how they see it. Look, this guy does this all the time. you got people in the projects who do their their thing all the time. However, when they kill them, cross the line. Mm -hmm. You get lines being crossed all the time. So now when you look at everything else that happens afterwards, you look at everybody who crosses a particular line. You look at how McNulty might cross a line, how Bubs may cross a line, how Kima may cross a line. How all of these cross? How everybody realizes if you want to get something done, there's certain things that you can't do right. that can hurt you. Right. And, and it's, it's a code right. on both sides.
0: Right. And it goes into well, I said, there's there's a chain of command. Yeah. So that then, that, and, and uh, that's what Daniels tries to get through Mcnulty's head, and that's what keeps they keep telling him like you should not have talked to judge. There's A chain of command, mm-hmm. you, you should go through mm-hmm. on certain things. Also. This is one of the best scenes of the, of the show, uh, of, of the episode, is there's a code. Weebay, when he's driving D'Angelo back from the court, and D'Angelo is talking, oh, man, that was some dope stuff you all pulled the court blah. And Weebay turns turns, pulls the car over and takes him outside. He's like, what's the
1: rule? Mm-hmm.
0: Don't talk in the car. But it was, no, what's the rule? See, there's a code, and that's the thing that I love about this episode. This episode brings to look, you all might want to believe that these are just some wilding guys out here doing whatever, no. No, 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 not
1: no. not at all, not at all. There's, not at a all. there's a
0: code. There's a code. There's a code, and WeeBay, we find out later on about WeeBay. WeeBay is a, he's a hitman. WeeBay's serious. Yeah,
1: we, you know what, that's one thing, you, you see that early with yeah. WeeBay, yeah. because if you look at him, he's with the main characters, but whenever he's saying something, right. he's being very straightforward right. with it right. as to why right. we can't do this right. and how we got to handle it. Right, and
0: it. That's, one of the, that's one of the faults, the shortcomings
1: in D'Angelo.
0: D'Angelo never understands that there's a code. You've got to do this. There's a code to this thing. And then finally, the, the other one is that there's consequences to actions. There are consequences to every action. And that was what was demonstrated in the pit with Johnny getting beat down. There are consequences to that. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying, Bubs understands this is the game. Right. Johnny thought it was a game.
1: A game, right. Johnny
0: thought, oh, let me do it this time. Johnny almost got killed mm-hmm. behind that little jazz, jazz right there.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Yeah.
0: All right. So, I'm going to take a break right now. Yeah, okay. And we'll come back. And
1: I'm the gonna wine talk about,
0: we drink. I'm about the wine
1: we drink. <laughs> and then we'll figure we'll finish up with the category I was just saying the wine we drank cause uh I'm sorry everybody but this shit was good right, and I finished it so
0: This wine that we drank was from 868 Estate Vineyards, it's a 2017 Cab Franc, it's a single varietal. As I said, single varietals sometimes, most times, aren't 100%. This one is 91% Cab Franc, 9% 9 Cab Rene Sauvignon, which is very typical of a single varietal. Um, Now in the tasting notes, this one I'm going to tell you what it says. And you can see if it, this is what you thought. Um, Intense aromas of smoke, cinnamon, and currant with the notes of cigar and spice.
1: I, I wouldn't say that. It was, it was more fruity. I mean, those things are subtle, but the taste to me was more fruity. Okay. It, it was very fruity, but it was very enjoyable. Good. But in terms of uh, what they laid out, I, I, maybe if I paired it with a cigar, I would agree more with that. But probably pop, yeah. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it in that man. I'd look at it as more fruity and enjoyable for conversation. The
0: winemaker at 868 is a guy named Carl Domano, who uh, I've come to feel as a friend. I've interviewed him quite a few times. Um, He's a pretty innovative winemaker, has a background in chemical engineering, and he creates beautiful wines really through careful blending. He takes winemaking seriously. That's why I think he's one of the best winemakers in the area. Uh, he uses old world style of fermentation and it, 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 as a result it comes up with a really good wine you know he, very, he, very he uses good wine. old world practices with cutting edge technology through his en- engineering background and I think he comes up with a good one.
1: it's a very good wine a, I mean I, I don't have any problems with the, the description that it gave him I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe it that way but I would say that it's, it's fruity but if I'm smoking a cigar with it I may, if I'm smoking a full body cigar right. with it, I would probably, because it has some, uh, I, I I can see myself sitting on my back deck with the Ashton, right. smoking it, so, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So we're gonna just these are some common questions I'm gonna ask after every episode. Uh, you don't have to necessarily have an answer if you don't have one. I got
1: answers like a Mickey Flicky, but hit okay. me up.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> what was your favorite scene in this episode?
1: It's not boogie. Ah. Uh, yes. Look, look. Let me tell you something. It just opens up just the conversation alone and how they broke that down. Right. Every Friday night, you know, right. he, he's doing this. That just kind of set the the whole pace of the show for me. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's 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 that scene right there. Just yeah. Really. No, I
0: I I'm right, not you. boogie,
1: man. I'm agreeing. Is
0: there anything that happened in this episode you thought was unbelievable? Or you not should... a damn
1: thing. Everything seemed real. The main reason why I say that is because if you listen to them and the dialogue and with the bureaucracy, it all makes sense. Right. First of all, when we look at the courtroom trial, that was believable. In fact, I was surprised. That the one witness that did admit to that person being the one that they saw shooting the person, I was like, damn. Because I didn't feel safe for them. <laughs> I'm saying like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Yo, yo, I don't. And, and, and then when you had the security guard coming after, she said what I would have said. No, nah, because nah, nah. I, did, I didn't feel safe for them. I, was, I, I, I just. I, I love that she
0: said it. She was like,
1: Nope. <laughs> nope. He ain't in the room. He looked like the guy. Yeah. He looked like the guy, but yeah. that ain't him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the way I felt. And, and, and that's, that's big time right there. That's very important to really really take into consideration. Because if you don't take that into consideration, you're not really trying to be real about how things actually happen.
0: Okay. Now, this is an honor of Oz. I was an Oz fan. There was a brother in there named Simon out of BC used to wear a beret on the side of his head. That's my man. He was a he was a hardcore. Now I've uh, every episode. If there's somebody worthy, gets a sim Simon Atabisi Award as the baddest dude on the tier. Now, was there anybody in this episode that you thought laid it down
1: hard or no? You know what, McNulty was just so real with the shit. It just it just impressed me. In this episode, that would be the person. And it. In later episodes, I got other people. Okay, no, that's No, but, 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 no, but, but, no, I'm
0: with you there. And this, in this one award, I'll, I'll probably tweak it to be the Simon had a BC MVP award. So you know, I will give him the MVP. Yeah, the, I I'll would thing. just
1: saying because yeah. Simon kept it real. If you want to get some yeah, shit yeah. handled, you. Okay. I mean, that's the one thing okay. with him and Oz. Him and, yeah, and, and, well, he was like this. This is what yeah. is the deal?
0: Yeah. Well, my 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 answer to this question is Rawls.
1: Cause Rawls mm. sat
0: McNulty down in that seat, and he said, "You know what? I don't care what you got to say. You're gonna write this report all night. You got my
1: full attention." He gave him two fingers when he came in the room. You know what? <laughs> I can, I can, I can. You know what? I, 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 I can agree with that. I can, I can Rolf, definitely agree with that. Rawls
0: said, "Rawls I don't give a damn what you got to say about this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're
0: gonna do this." Yeah, Rawls was <laughs> like, he
1: was straight to the point of yeah, shit. No, no, no. I don't have time for your yeah. bullshit on this. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah I'm with you on, Okay, yeah. I can agree with you on that.
0: Okay, now, did you have a favorite line in this episode? We might have
1: the same one. Yeah, but the, I think we got It's the same one, man. It's like, right. it, it, it's America. Yeah, that's America. <laughs> hey, look, hey. look, look, it's American. First of all, the line before that could be my second one. He was like, when he asked him, the question, why'd you let him play? What? Yeah. What and, and then what he said, it's America, Jack. Yeah. You gotta let him. Yeah, you gotta. And, 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 and what's so funny about that is that, that that just covers so much of what we're going through today right. in, in life. Yeah. Like, if we're gonna talk about it being America, then we need to respect each other and actually listen to, our, to what other person's going through. Everybody's seeking happiness. Right. Look, it's not Boogie. His happiness every, every Friday was stealing that money. And trying to run off yeah, and yeah. getting beaten down. Yeah, that was his happiness. That, that that's America, Jack. Yeah. yeah, that's my line right there. Yeah. Okay.
0: Was there any old school gear or tech or anything that you can remember from that episode that you would rock today? That you would say, "I wish I could do that right now today."
1: Brother, those leather jackets in the show got me rolling. I mean, no to le- uh, all oh, yeah. these casts with their leather jackets and, and look. That you could tell that was early 2000. Yeah, because because yeah. because the leather jacket and you see the the different styles of leather oh, jackets, oh. the different cuts. Yeah, they, they were they were sporting the hell out of that shit. So I would say the leather jackets were okay. were, 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 were key to me. Me, but I would wear them like D'Angelo's wearing. He was rocking the turtlenecks <laughs> were tight. The, 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 you, know, the, you know what? I really look like I said the leather jackets with those turtlenecks. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was a that was a very very bad boys one. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's that like the, the big turtlenecks. Yeah, the but not, not, not only the turtlenecks, yeah. but but they would have the turtlenecks with with the various Timbs yeah. as well. Oh yeah, they yeah, had the yeah, Timbos yeah. on there. They yeah. had they had crazy yeah. Timbs. I'm like, yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, now, I don't know if you remember the music in this particular episode. Ja yeah. Rule was all up in there.
0: There are two songs that made an impression on me, but what what was it? Was it Ja Rule? Oh, that,
1: that Ja Rule track was all up in there, and, and especially when they went to the strip club. Right. Because right. I, I I came up in D.C., mm-hmm. came in 2001. So there, there are certain certain spots you go to and everything. Mm-hmm. And them pumping that Ja Rule mm-hmm. up in there, mm-hmm. That was real, because ja Rule was a man back then. What what he, what he had, he had. That's what him and J Lo had yeah. this shit. You know what yeah, I mean? They, they, so
0: no, no, was a, Yeah. But I'll tell you this stuff, there are Two and both of them were strip club hits, yeah, songs. Yeah. But one of them was a song that I'd never heard in a strip club, but they were rocking it.
1: It was that Bill Withers "Use Me." That makes sense. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that look, I've heard that in many strip clubs. Okay, okay, okay. I look, look, okay. "Use Me." Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, for the. <laughs> But you know what? That's Baltimore, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. That's no. Baltimore, man. Yeah. No. That's, that's something that my cousins. Oh, yeah, no. And, and I I, yeah.
0: I, when I was in the 80s, I had a guy who I went to college with, took <laughs> me to club called Odell's. Okay. Up there. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like that. And then another song, they played, you play any Grace Jones, I'm going to like it. They played Pull Up to the Bubble. Pull Up to the Let me tell you
1: something. We're going to talk about Grace Jones. Let's give her a prop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The tracks that she put yeah. out. Yeah. Let me tell you this. I would put, pull up to the bumper in another movie if I had the chance. Oh, absolutely. It's just one of those tracks.
0: Yeah. Grace is one of my all time. I love man. Grace Jones. Grace man. One of All time. Yeah. Are there any lasting impressions, anything else that you uh, want to uh,
1: well, the think, big, think that we didn't talk about? I, the, the, the biggest thing I, I, I look at the first episode is how they're establishing the characters. Mm-hmm. And you really have to pay attention to to how they interact with each other because you're not gonna really get an understanding of where it's gonna go next if you're not really paying attention mm-hmm. to how they are establishing their boundaries with each other. Right. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like Minalte is like, look, he he lets them know I'm with the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do it based on police work. But if you try to fuck me on this, I'm gonna call you out on it. Mm-hmm. And So you realize where he's at. Then you look at Daniels. Daniels, like I said, he's still a cat. I'm trying to figure out. Because even with his wife in later episodes, she's like, but the guy ends up in critical condition. You know, it's like his wife is like, you got to get an understanding on what can be allowed and what shouldn't be allowed. Uh You know, so then you look at the major. The major is like, he's trying to get shit done because he's out in front of everybody. So if we're doing something, we're trying to get something done, you got to give me something that's concrete, that's workable, because I'm constantly having to answer the people all the damn time. That's one thing I am noticing with all these different, when you look at lieutenants and all these people at a higher level, it gets to a point where they have to answer more questions. And so therefore their, their actions have to be very justified and they have to be solid in how they go th- go about getting things done uh-huh. so that that's an, that's another thing so I, I'm just looking at you're starting to see the bureaucracy in place and from- how they try to try to do with it so they can get the job done for the greater good uh-huh. So that's that's what I start that's what I'm seeing just in the first episode alone.
0: okay yeah. all right well, well now we've come to the most important part of the show like I said, so, call to action. We need you guys to subscribe to this podcast. We do that for us. We want you to subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform it's you're on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever. Uh, and also rate us, okay? Give us a rating. Give us five stars. We're asking for five stars. And we want some <laughs> feedback from you. And this is the way you can reach us. You can reach us from our email address. You can email Aaron at couch couch just like the sofa at vino and convo.com that's Vino A-N-D convo.com you can reach me at Fletch F-L-E-T at Vino and convo.com please email us let us know what you think about the show give us any ideas you have we'd love to hear from you also you can contact us three ways on social media you can hit us on Twitter Instagram or TikTok at at Vino Convo that's V-I-N-O-C-O-N-V-O uh, Vino Convo at Vino Convo at Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you guys know of any winery or craft brewery or anyone who wants to have their wine highlighted on our show, please let us know. We'd love to do it. If you are from outside of the DC area and you want to send us a bottle of wine from anywhere, we're happy to take it. Please email us or hit us up on uh, social media. We'll figure out how to get it here. And we will have it on the show. Oh, yeah,
1: we'll figure it out and get it here. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> also, uh, we plan to go through all 60 episodes of The Wire. However, if you want us to talk about something specifically for a particular episode, please hit us up. Let us know what that episode is and what issue you want us to talk about. So we'll hit it on the show. We want to make this show something for you. We want to tailor it for you. And finally, we want you to join our discussion. So... Also, if you have something that you want to add to our show, if you email us, we'll read the email on the air. But more importantly, we want to have you on the air.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: you are anywhere in the DMV, or if you want to fly in, that's fine. But we record this from Northern Virginia. If you can, if you are from Baltimore, if you love wine, if you love the wire, you're somebody we want to have on this show, please contact us. We're gonna hook it up. Come. And we will uh, talk wire and drink wine with you, okay? So, he's Aaron Couch. I'm Howard Fletcher. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next
1: week. <laughs> and look, when you think about Baltimore, what don't tell you something that I've always found interesting when I first came up here? Going to Baltimore, you see cats doing this. I was like, these like, what is that? See, that's a slug line. Everybody in Baltimore, when, you, when you're driving through Baltimore, you see cats doing like this, they're just trying to get a ride. Right. That's that's the culture. You know what I mean? So when I see this, I'm kind of like Grace Jones pops in my head. Pull up to the pump. <laughs> I mean, that's just me.